every podcaster I've ever talked to always has the same complaint. And that complaint is that they're not happy with the amount of downloads their show gets each month. Now, they always want more. And in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about the two ways to grow your show and how you can take advantage of them right after this. So the real question is this. How can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, and I'm so glad that you decided to join me today. We are talking about podcast growth because it is what is important to everyone, it seems. And sometimes I am, you know, a nerd and go down the rabbit hole of making a podcast growth a conversation about a podcast monetization conversation. And they are actually two different things, but most people talk about growth instead of monetization a lot of times because they feel like they have to be at a certain level of growth before they take on monetization, which I completely disagree with. I think you can monetize at any uh, podcast size. And I don't think growing your podcast in order to monetize unless you're doing it one specific way, like sponsorships is a thing. And so I'm um, going to talk about that today. And when it comes to podcast growth, it's a conversation that every podcaster wants to have. And I've probably seen in the groups, the podcast groups that I'm in, I believe podcast growth, how to grow your audience, how to get more downloads, all of those tangential questions that are all really the same question has to be the most asked question in any Facebook group I've seen. And here's what I've found in working with a vast array of clients, and I've worked with almost 400 podcasters now over the last 10 years. And it really doesn't matter whether that podcaster is getting 100 downloads a month, or a million downloads a month. They always want more. And it's always the same complaint. I want more. I want to grow my podcast. My podcast growth is flat. How do I start growing it again? So guess what? Today, I'm going to simplify podcast growth for you. And in my viewpoint, when you boil everything down to the most foundational elements, there are really only two ways to grow your podcast. And when I tell you about these two ways, we're going to kind of uh, delineate the terms that we're going to talk about today. But I hope whenever you break this down in these terms, you can begin to almost make a checklist for, for yourself of all the things that you could be doing versus what you really are doing so that you'll see what your areas of opportunity to take away from this podcast are. So the two ways to grow your podcast are way number one is you have to tell somebody about it. Okay, you have to tell somebody about it. You have to publish something. You have to put it out there. You have to tell someone about it. Number two is someone else can tell someone about it. So it's either you telling someone about it or someone else telling someone about it. But in a nutshell, 
foundationally breaking it down, boiling it down to the most base level. These are the two ways to grow your podcast. Literally, that's it. Now, I'm not trying to oversimplify the growth problem because we we know it can be way more difficult than this. just these two viewpoints of you telling someone or someone else to tell someone. But it's most simplistic form. That's what it is. And truth be told, on both sides of the coin, there are probably things that you're missing. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to, for our conversation today, I am only going to focus on organic methods of growing your podcast, either organically you telling someone about it or organically you getting someone else to tell someone about it. We're leaving paid for a different conversation because there are so many rabbit holes and you don't want me to have a three hour long podcast. I don't have time for that today either, but that's we're going to have another conversation later about that. So let's start with the low hanging fruit of organic ways of telling others about your podcast. Okay. Number one, do you put it all out on all of your social media channels consistently? And yes, I know there's a method to doing this effectively. It's not just about spamming your podcast uh, episodes out there. But let's go even simpler for that question and just say simple yes or no. Are you putting out on your social media feeds every podcast episode that you do? Every social media channel, every podcast. It's a simple yes or no. If the answer is yes, great. You've got your star for that one. You can move on to number two. If not, and I'm in the category, I'm a no on this because I don't put it out on social media on all my channels. So I've got some work to do there if I want to use social media as a way to grow my podcast. That's that's bottom line. Number two, this is going to seem so simple. Okay. And you're going to laugh whenever you hear this because you're going to be like, Christy, you can't be serious. But I am. And I got a story to tell you about this. Number two, have you asked all of your current listeners to subscribe to the show? Now, I have not. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead right now and get my check mark for a yes in this box and say, look, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please do, because that way, every time there's a new episode, you'll get notification of it. It'll get downloaded right into your playlist and you'll never miss an episode. If you don't subscribe, I might put out some content that you miss. It might get overlooked. Your app might not always show it to you after you get, you know, pushed down so far in the list of things you've listened to. So I'm asking you right now to please go ahead and subscribe to the show on any podcast app you listen to. Many of them now have changed that word subscribe to a word called follow. So simply go to your podcast app and check the box, the button, that says follow on your podcast app. Do it right now and I will appreciate it and that way you'll never miss an episode. Now, what does that mean? If I put out four episodes a month, that means I am going to get four downloads from you at no cost to you. You get all the stuff for free, but that will increase your downloads over time. So asking your subscribers. Now, I have been following someone on YouTube for well over a year now. 
And I've always found it interesting when I look at her numbers of total subscribers has always hovered in the 254 to 258,000 subscribers. And don't get me wrong, if you or I had 250,000 subscribers, we would be thrilled if we put out 400, uh, 400, if we put out four episodes a month, and we had 250,000 subscribers, we would have a million downloads a month. Wouldn't we be happy with that? Absolutely, we would. But for a year, she stayed relatively flat in her number of subscribers. And for YouTubers who make their living on the platform through ad revenue, subscribership is everything. But more importantly, she needs to get that uh, watch time on those ads and things like that. So that directly impacts her revenue. So about a month and a half, two months ago, she began making it a intentional part of her show where she would say, hey, guys, I want you to help me meet a goal. I currently have a goal that by December 31st, 2022, I want to have 300,000 subscribers to this channel. And I'm asking you, if you watch this show, if you like the content, go ahead and subscribe because YouTube tells me that 60 something percent of you that are watching the show are not subscribed to the channel. So help me hit my goal. Cost you nothing. Just hit the subscribe, hit the little bell, ding it, whatever. Now, I've watched her shows since she's been doing that. And every time she does it, I look down and look at her subscribers. And right now, coming into December, she is only 7,000 subscribers away from hitting 300,000. How can that be? How can you sit on 254, 56, 58,000 subscribers for a year without ever really growing beyond that? And all of a sudden, in two months, you add almost 50,000 or 40,000 plus subscribers to your channel. And the reason is because she specifically made it an ask. This is something that I need to do for my show. This is something that you need to do for your show. It's an ask. And yes, it means you do something for me, but it's a very small thing in exchange for hopefully the value that you're getting for the show. So I'm going to ask you and I want you to ask your listeners, please subscribe to the show. F click the follow button on your podcast app. If it's still a subscribe button where you listen click subscribe and you'll get every single show. So if you're not doing that, give yourself a yes or a no checkbox. Are you doing it? And if not, put it on your task list to do it. Now, number three, do you send your shows out to your email list every single time you publish an episode? <laughs> I don't. I don't do it every single time. And part of the reason is I got so nervous whenever I would see, like with regular consistency, putting out uh, emails, I would see a few people here and there unsubscribe. And the thing is, I can't let that bother me because I actually don't want them on my email list if they're not interested in hearing from me, right? So I guess the sooner they get off, the less I'm having to pay for my email service, but to send them emails that they don't really want to get anyway, right? But it 
it does something to you. It does something to your ego and it does something to your your confidence whenever someone unsubscribes. And then you go look at your name and you're like, I thought they liked me, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's crazy. But don't let that get in the way of doing this. I've got this on my list for things to fix in 2023. We've got an action plan for this. But it sounds so simple, but so many of us are missing this. And I've told you what's stopping me from doing it and what has stopped me from doing this. But we've got to decide that this is something that we are going to conquer and tackle because I guarantee you that not everyone in your email list is a subscriber or a listener to your podcast. So what are you going to do for number three? Send it out to your email list every single time you publish an episode. Yes or no. If you've got a no in that box like me, then you've got room for improvement. So there's there's plenty of things that you can do that are no cost or low cost. So you don't even need to be worrying about advertising and paid traffic and all this kind of stuff until you get maxed out with these organic methods. Okay, I'm going to tell you another one right now, and you're going to think I've lost my ever-loving mind. It happens more than you think. Are you publishing every podcast to your website? I know it's not a trick question, but I can't tell you how many podcasters we have taken over production for their show, and it came with a batch of of shows that had only been published to their RSS feed and not published on their website. If you're not publishing on your website or you're behind or you're inconsistent or something like that, then go ahead and let's fix that problem because that will make a huge difference. And it's one of those things that once you get in the habit of doing it, it's a whole lot easier to keep up. But once you get behind, it's harder to keep up and harder to keep doing that. But make sure you're publishing it to your website. Now, something I look for, number five in podcast audits is, are you publishing your podcast to every available free platform? Again, not a trick question, but many, many people don't understand how to get their podcast at every free distribution channel, like even um, what the podcast index and um, other apps and things like that. Many of them have a separate submission process outside of just getting on Apple or Spotify, and many podcasters don't understand really the podcast ecosystem, even beyond podcast, um, Apple podcast app or the um, Spotify app. So it's one of those things where you've got to be on every free channel, Um, you know, things like Amazon Music and um, Audible and other places like that are places that have recently come out that you should be adding your podcast to. Facebook is a place where they have recently taken away the podcast RSS feed distribution. So you're going to be losing a little bit from that. But where are you publishing your shows? If you find a platform and you search for your show and you're not there, figure out how to get your show on that platform. So number six, do you have your podcast listed in the bio of all your social media channels? And I understand that some social media channels, you can only have one link. But are you talking about it in your bio? Are you at least mentioning the name that you're the host of whatever podcast? Now, this is one that's very easily overlooked. 
And so many people will benefit by optimizing your social media profiles for your podcast. And especially before I tell you the next thing I want you to do, uh, next way to organically tell others about your podcast, um, you'll want to take make sure you take care of this. Don't make it hard for people to find your show. I can't tell you how many times I've been on Facebook and someone in a group or somewhere has interacted with someone and I've seen them talk about a podcast and I go to their profile and I don't see anything about a podcast. I can't tell what they do for a living. I can't tell what their show would even be about. And so we're missing an opportunity. And so go ahead and optimize your social media profiles for your podcast so people can easily find you. Now, number seven, are you members of groups on social media where your target listeners are already gathering? It could be something that's not even related to your niche. So, for example, if I was someone who was like, maybe I'm in the financial planning or wealth management niche, and I knew that my target customer was someone from the ages of like 45 to 65 or something, or like that was my window where those people were the primest for my services <laughs> primest is not a word but anyway if they were in the 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 absolute best place to get my services that would be the age range of that person then i might go on facebook or some other social media platform and look for a group about retired women right if i'm targeting women that are um, in financial planning uh, for women that are of retirement age, why would I not go and look in a retired women's group, not look in there, but go join the group, become a valued member of that group, knowing that that is my target audience. And they're just gathered there around this common thing of being retired. And I'm there because they're my target audience. And what you do is you can, well, there's a couple of strategies you can do. So I can tell you about that. You don't, we don't want to just go in and spam your stuff, of course, in groups. But when you answer questions and when you become a valuable member of that community, it makes people go, hmm, this is one new I haven't seen before. Who is this person? And they suddenly go to your Facebook profile or your social media profile that you have just optimized to point to your show. So now they see who you are and what you do, what you're interested in, and they might be more likely to either know, like, and trust you or to engage with you because of that. Now, there is also the a strategy of um, asking questions in a group, and you don't want to make your group questions seem like you are, um, let's just call it researching or market researching, uh, you know, trying to get information from the group, which happens all the time in podcast groups, we see it, what is the one thing you're struggling with with your podcast? And it's like, uh, obviously, figuring out a way to attract your target client without having to spam a group for market research under the guise of market research, right? So um, you want to figure out a way that you can answer, ask questions and legitimately be um, a contributing member of the community. Now, there is a strategy of delayed commenting. Like if you do a post and you get a post, maybe the posts have to be approved in that group. But if you post into a group and it's a question that gets a lot of people to answer, you might be tempted to go in and many times just answer all the comments that are there. And there is a delayed strategy for 
commenting that realizes that the algorithms every time there's a new comment from that post and it's someone that like uh, followed or liked or commented on the post as well it will pop that post back up to the top of their timeline so if you go in and answer all your comments at once then it you basically get it to pop back on up people's timelines once if you go in and say i'm going to answer this person's question now four hours from now or at the end of the day i'm going to go in and make a comment back to them on their comment and you're basically lengthening the amount of time you can get those posts to pop back up to the top of someone's timeline and if you get in the habit of doing this and not using all your leverage at once, it will lengthen. So you might be able to get a post to keep popping back up to people's top of people's timeline for, you know, three days or something like that, rather than just having it pop up one time whenever you answer all the questions. Um, there's also a valuable member shout out strategy. And this happens a lot in uh, certain groups. And what it, what it basically is, is if you found value from someone else's post or a strategy or something else that somebody in that group shared with you, then all you do is you go on to that group and you say, here's the situation. And I just got to give a shout out to member so-and-so because here's how they helped me. And so when you do that, it does a couple of things. Number one, it, it establishes you as a person of gratitude and people are drawn to that. And so they're appreciative of it as well. And you also establish yourself as someone who is not afraid to shine the spotlight on someone else. And then it encourages other people to do that. So whether you've given your time or your energy to answer questions or give someone a valuable nugget or whatever, if you find them doing that for you, then don't be afraid to shout it out. Most of those posts are not going to get disproved, even if, if disapproved, even if the moderators are, you know, approving posts, because they want members to feel good about being in the group and to have one member shout out another is an amazing strategy. And it's very, very interesting that you can, um, use this in a way that's completely genuine but at the same time it can help get more attention on what you're doing and get people looking at your profile for that so just think about that just it's just it's a very very um, you got to do it in the right way, but it's one of those that can really go far with building the relationships you might need to get more people listening to your podcast and be able to get in front of audiences that are of your target listener. And so if they've already got that gathered in that Facebook group or in that other group that you're in on social media, then leverage it because those that's your audience and that's your stage and you can do several things. So have you put out your podcast on like local bulletin boards or other places locally like businesses that may have bulletin boards and things like that in your local area? Now, this is a gorillic tactic that's, you know, like local boots on the ground marketing kind of thing. But you would be surprised at how many listeners you could get 
locally in your area just from like creating a business card or a little card about your podcast with like a QR code or something like that on it that would allow somebody to just scan it and be able to listen to the podcast. And many times people um, find it more interesting to listen to people that they uh, may run into locally in their community, they may know in their community, they may also um, be interested to know that, you know, somebody in their community is a podcaster or whatever, because they might not know anyone that is. And so um, it can help elevate that. So that's another way to do it. Don't overlook those ways. And again, it, it can get you a few listeners here and there. But these are eight ways that I would say are main ones that you can use to tell other people about your podcast and not in a, you know, spammy kind of way, but in a real genuine kind of way. So again, we're only focusing on organic in this podcast. So now I'm going to go on to organic methods where you can get other people to tell people about your podcast. And the number one on this list is guesting on other podcasts. And I'm going to tell you something um, a a little strategically about this in, in another time. But but you can use guesting you as being a guest on other people's podcast and who you choose to be guests on your podcast, both in this way strategically. Now, you can also implement what I call the wingman strategy. And the wingman strategy is where you and another friend of yours go into a group uh, on social media or Facebook or wherever your your groups are. And the wingman strategy is basically where you look for ways that you can recommend each other as the answer to people's questions. So if people are in there looking for a accountant and you know that your friend is an accountant and you guys joined the group together with this specific wingman strategy in place, then you're going to carry it out this way. So what I did when I started my podcast production company, I was in lots of podcast groups and I had another friend who was wanting to start, he was starting a sort of like a, um, almost like a guesting service for podcast. And I was starting a podcast production company and we basically decided we were going to be each other's wingman. So every time somebody said, I need an editor, I need someone to do my show. I need blah, blah, blah. She was the one that recommended me and she would tag me in the post and say, Oh, you got to talk to Christy, blah, 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 blah. She's the best. She's done my show and all this kind of stuff. And whenever I found someone in her niche who was looking for something, I would always chime in and recommend her. And it's, one of those things that we can do that more effectively for each other than we can do for ourselves in those group situations. So find you a wingman. Go into things strategically. You you don't want to assume that nobody is using strategy with these kind of things because you would be wrong. And it's not wrong for you to go in and strategically do that. And I even get it right now with a lot of my clients in Facebook groups. There'll be a cattle call, what I call it in a, um, you know, Facebook group where they're like, I need an editor. Does anybody know someone? And I might have three or four clients recommend me in that post. And of course, I'm always appreciative for that. And I always follow up if it's not like 62 comments in and they've already, you know, found who they're looking 
looking for, but um, it was, it can be very effective depending on the niche. Like in a podcast group asking for podcast editors, probably you're going to get a cattle call on that. But like if you're in a retired women's group and somebody is asking um, for um, a particular, let's just say referral for what type of skincare or something like that is best for aging skin. Um, you know, if you know somebody, if you your buddy does that, you guys be each other's wingman in the group so that you're always recommending each other for that and you can do it very effectively. Now, number three again is going to be one of those. You're going to be like, duh, um, it's have you asked your current listeners to share your podcast with friends that they know may be interested in the topic? I haven't. I don't make that a normal part of what I ask and what I talk about on my show. And I should. I should ask you every time you're listening to this show, if you know another podcaster that's struggling to monetize and could use this content, can you please share it with them? Because if you if each one of you that are listening would just share it with one person, over the next month, I would double my listenership. And God forbid you share it for two or three or four or five people, you know, you become my wingman and uh, start sharing it, then I would triple and quadruple and whatever my listenership. And the thing is, you know, people that like the content that you're listening to and that you're consuming. So go ahead and share it with them and make it a point to ask your listeners. Remember the YouTuber I was talking about? All she did was change the one thing where she started asking and it made all the difference. Now, number four, offer your expertise to group owners who may have groups of your target listeners already gathered. I do this in my relationship with a it's a therapy group that is for podcasters, and the, the guy that owns the group is my client, and I'm his podcast expert for his programs. And so every month he pays me to come into his mastermind to speak to his people and to talk to them. And meanwhile, at the same time, anytime he has a course... Um, even I've thought about putting uh, a link to my services on like his thank you page for whenever he sells a course or whenever he, um, you know, gets people to sign up or even at the end of his course. I've even thought about having him put his affiliate for me in those places so that I can continually get referrals from him and he can continually make affiliate commission for his referrals to me. So there are ways that you can ingratiate yourself. And even if for now you're just providing free content, if you are an expert in something, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a nutritionist, whether you're a um, artist or you have some sort of skill, your expertise can be critical for a group owner out there. And they if they find that you are adding value to the group and you want to help them out, then they will in turn shine that light on you and your podcast and your business and that sort of thing. Number five, actively look for people you can partner with to help both of your podcasts. I've been doing this in a small private mastermind that I run for podcasters looking to monetize. And one of the things that several of them are doing are pairing up. One of them might be a thyroid or hormone expert, while the other is a, a weight loss expert. And they are becoming sort of like the resident experts on each other's podcast. And they're maybe making a guest appearance once every six to eight weeks. And 
even in the shows, they're always referencing the other person. You know who my go-to expert for such and such is? It's so-and-so. And she said the other day, blah, 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 blah. So they're always recommending and referencing each other's content because they've agreed to sort of share their platform in this specific part of their niche with the other person. So that is a great way. I call it the resident expert strategy. Number six, you can strategically choose guests for your podcast because you want to build a relationship with them and get in front of their communities or get in front of them for some other reason. I had a client who one time who was in a very specific niche in the business world. She had a podcast and to be honest, she did not care how many downloads she got from her podcast because the only thing she was doing with her podcast is... She, part of her role at a company was bidding, like responding to RFPs, requests for proposal from companies to handle a specific aspect of their business. And because that was what she was an expert in, she looked for all of the RFPs that were out there, all of the RFPs that were coming, all of the ones she knew that would be coming. And she went through and made sure that every single person who was responsible for handling those RFPs became a guest on her show and talked about this part of the niche for their business. And she used that strategically and closed over a million and a half dollars worth of contracts from that strategy. And that strategy Again, discounts, and she doesn't care how many end-user listeners she's getting to her show because you know why? She's actually created the show just as a way to get those people to come on and talk to her and begin building a relationship with them. I think it's genius. I think it's brilliant. In the course of that, she's creating good content that she's throwing out for the end-users to help them. And that's all good, too. But she got what she needed out of the show. Now, number seven, do something over the top to help out someone at a much higher level than you in hope sort of of getting their attention and having them maybe share what you did with it for them on social media. So it could be as simple as like duetting with them on social media. It could be as simple as recording a video review of their book or course or product or whatever you just bought from them or even maybe even recording how a podcast interview or something that you heard them say was so meaningful to them and you're like recording a testimonial write them a story draw them a picture I mean it doesn't matter what you do but do something to get your attention their attention last night I was watching on uh, scrolling through Facebook and Russell Brunson posted this stop-motion video of a bunch of these like uh, Russian nesting dolls and he's like oh my gosh I'm so excited about this look at what and he tagged the person this person made for me he did they did a set of uh, what do you call them Russian nesting dolls made for with Russell's family. So each doll that he pulls out, it's like Russell was the the big outer one. And then you open the next one and was his wife. And then the next one was his oldest twins. And then the next one was his third, second child. And then the next one was the third child. And the next one was the dog or the cat or whatever. And so it was just these little rush, like their own little Brunson family, Russian nesting dolls. And it was a custom gift. It was so wild and so cool. You know, it could have been a bobblehead or it could have been something else, but it's like that person got Russell attention because she made something that he knew would be so 
and meaningful to him. And that was what caused him to shout out because of his overwhelm for this gift. Now, I've shared with you eight ways you can completely grow your podcast that in ways that you control, the things that you're telling other people about. I've given you seven things that you can do to influence someone else to share your podcast. So what did I miss? What strategies have you found that have worked? Feel free to reach out to me. Let me know what's working for you, what you've add, what you would add to this list. We can kind of keep this list growing and becoming a living thing of all the ways that we can help each other and grow our podcast. And so if you found this content valuable, simply subscribe, simply follow, share it with anyone that you might find helpful. If you need help with your podcast and monetizing it, probably want to start with a podcast audit. That's what even in a lot of free consultations I do. That's the first place I recommend starting getting me involved so I can assess the situation and see what we're dealing with and know from a blueprint perspective where we're headed and what we need to fix. And you can get a podcast audit done on your show at team podcast t-e-a-m podcast.com forward slash tune up like tune up your car tune up your podcast that's team podcast.com forward slash tune up i hope this has been helpful and i'll see you back next time have a great day thank you for joining us today if you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast i want to invite you to join our private facebook group Oh, no, no, no. We're not advertising for Facebook anymore because we're pulling all of our communities off of Facebook. So if you want to come join the real community of people who are looking to monetize their podcast, podcastsuccesshub.com. Go to podcastsuccesshub.com and I'll see you there because I'm not going to be on Facebook. You guys have an awesome one.